0: I'm Cheryl Gould, and I am so glad that you're here. Hi, friend. Welcome to the show today, and I'm so glad that you are listening in and spending time with me. And today is a very special episode. We are talking all about pornography and sex. And if that is uncomfortable to talk about, you are not alone. I don't know one mom, caregiver, parent that doesn't struggle to know what to say and how to have these important conversations. Today, my special guest is Amy Lang, and she actually makes this conversation so comfortable and fun, believe it or not. And she shares with us what we need to know, how we can have these conversations, and everything that she shares is just super helpful. So welcome to the show. And I know that you are going to get lots of great information on how to navigate sex and pornography and these difficult and uncomfortable, but necessary conversations. So let's jump in. Well, welcome, Amy, to the Moms of Tweens and Teens podcast. So happy that you're here. Me too. I'm so excited to talk to you. I love your show. Oh, thank you. I'm, I mean, I am so excited to have you here because I haven't had anybody on to talk about sex. And you're the gal. I mean, I am just loving reading all of your stuff and listening to you and listening to your podcast and you're funny, you're open, you're honest, you don't hold back. <laughs> I <Yeah. love>
1: her. <laughs> I don't, (laughs) I might for y'all. I might for you. (laughs) If you want to see the unedited, listen to the unedited version, listen to my podcast. It's just say this, but I'm with you now. I'm so excited. You have such good ideas for what we can talk about. And oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, let's just, let's just dive right in. It was funny. I was preparing and I was like getting all nervous because having the conversation about sex, I just noticed like, oh my gosh, you know? And I can feel it. And I'm thinking, how did you become the sex, love to talk about sex, and become this sex expert on
1: helping parents talk to their kids? Like, how did that come about? Yeah, it was not my, um, when I was in, you know, a senior in high school, I did not say, you know what? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is what i want to do with the rest of my life. um i actually sort of fell into it. i uh i volunteered doing uh pregnancy abortion birth control counseling, sti counseling when i was in college and i just fell in love with it. i loved helping people deal with you know really difficult uncomfortable circumstances, you know situations. i loved talking about sexuality and educating them and that is where i got you know developed my love of sexual health and sexual health education and i I, uh it was my hobby I actually set up my work schedule so that I had a day off Fridays so I could volunteer so I had a very cool boss at the time and I just had assumed I was going to be an amazing sex talker when I had kids I just figured I knew so much I was so comfortable confident I talked to all kinds of people nothing much phased me and then I uh Milo who's my son I was getting ready for a bath and he grabbed his penis and he said hey mama did you know?" And I stood there and I thought, oh no, please do not tell me it feels good to touch your penis. <laughs> oh gosh, because I got nothing. <laughs> and I'm standing there and I was poker. I did the poker face, right? I did the poker face and I said, what? And he said, I can see the veins in there where the blood goes. And I said, great get in the bathtub. And that was, that was my moment where I realized that I was not, I did not have a clue how to talk to a little person. You know, about their body or sexuality. And I thought, all right, I got to sort this out for, you know, for myself and my spouse and for him and for Milo. And I just started, I started doing some research to try and sort out, like, when do we have these conversations? What's the best age? What should they look like? And, uh, that just led me down this path. And I learned all about, uh, early childhood, se- childhood sexual development, sexual abuse prevention, and how to talk with kids, like the best practices. And, you know, this was 16 years ago. So things have changed. Um, And I was like, all right, I love this. And so I also have a master's degree and my focus was in adult education. So I had all this information. And then I thought, oh, hey, I love teaching adults, love talking about sex. So how about I just combine these two things? And so I did. And here we are, birds and bees and kids, 16 years later. And my child was five when I started my company. And now he's 21. And is that the right math? Sure. Close (laughs) enough. Um, And he's 21. And of course he was just mortified by my work for years and years and years. And now I think he's just really proud of me and finds it entertaining. Gets a lot of, you know, what does your mom do? Uh All right.
0: (laughs) Especially now he's okay. I just want the moms to know, I mean, tweens and teens is most of the audience here. Yeah. yeah. And talk about mortified. Oh yeah. Talking about sex. And a lot of parents are listening. It's like catch-up, you know, mm-hmm. like ketchup mm-hmm. about What do you do when you feel like, oh my gosh, here we are in the tween years. And we're gonna mostly talk today. Gotta have you back, talk about dating and how to talk about sex, but mostly going to be talking about how to protect them mm-hmm. from pornography <clears throat> yeah. online, huge, mm-hmm. from from moms all the time freaking out because they they their kid has been exposed to pornography. Mm-hmm. They find out they've been watching pornography. Uh, they didn't know about it really. And, and I mean, there's no good pornography, but there's a lot of really okay. bad stuff out there. And maybe they haven't even talked to them about sex yet you know? And so what would you say to the mom that is in that place and they're finding out their kid's been exposed? Mm -hmm.
1: It's, I mean, it is such a, unfortunate, it's such a problem and it's really, it's just hard and it's hard on everyone. And it is something that I think that parents really have their head in the the sand about. They think my kid would never and they don't think, oh, when I was 12, I was really curious about this. When I was 12, I would, or 10 or nine, I would have been Googling everything because I, I was curious and my parents weren't talking to me in the way that they, when I had, they were talking to me, but not really I had books. Um, And so it's this weird space of, I think for most people, you know, just about sex in general, there's this idea that if I talk to them about it, they're going to go out and do it. There's some of that that's going on. I don't know how to do it. I turned out okay. They'll be fine. There's a little of that going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> really yeah. fine. No. Um. There is just this avoidance of discomfort, and we don't want our kids to be uncomfortable, right? There's that major pushback in the tween and teen years. I just had a mom say that my 12 year old will not talk to me. He refuses to talk to me, and his dad. And what do Thank I do you. with that? So, you know, if you're in a space where you have not had any kind of sex talks at all, then you need to, that's the very first thing. That is one of the most protective things you can do um, in terms of exposure. And we used to think about talking to kids in terms about sexuality in terms of prevention. We're trying to get them to not do it. Like most of us, that was what we were taught, right? Don't do it, don't do it. STI, here are these horrible slides of people with, you know, genital warts everywhere. It's not a thing. That's not a thing. <laughs> that is not a thing.
0: Um, that doesn't work. That
1: is. That is, it doesn't work. Um, and so, prevent it, prevention, prevention, prevention. And the reality is, you know, sex, we are sexual beings from the beginning, it's through our entire life. We do sex and relationships in one way or the other, our entire lives. It is one of the biggest things we do. And the best thing for your child is to prepare them is to prepare them for this part of life. And you know, we're talking about the porn, so we need to prepare them for exposure. And and the best thing to do to prepare them for exposure is to talk to them openly about sexuality, about, you know, all the things, bodies, boundaries, puberty, baby making, um, you know, consent, different kinds of sex, birth control, you know, how to have a healthy relationship, LGBTQ stuff, all of it openly, because when they see porn, if they don't have a basis and healthy sexuality, that's values-based, that's factually correct, they learn a bunch from porn. They think they use porn as sex education. Yeah. Gosh.
0: I'm not not kidding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm not kidding about that using porn as sex education because they have not been told, they have not been talked about,
1: you know, educated Yeah, about it. Yeah. Yeah. So they think, and this is, I mean, fact, I mean, actually they say this, like, how do you learn about sex? I learned about sex from porn. And so if you think about, if you pick it apart, what are they learning about relationships, bodies, intimacy, you know, how you do it from porn, nothing anyone wants our child to take away, right? Nothing, literally nothing. Uh, And so we are, the bummer is that no matter what, even if you are the best sex talking person on the planet, your kid's super well informed, they're still going to see it. Chances are high they're going to use it, but they will have a container for it. They'll understand that it's not real, that nobody looks like that, acts like that, says like, says things like that. They're bo- no real person's bodies look. They don't look like that. They don't do those things. You know, without that explicit conversation, they can't make healthy sense of it. And, you know, I don't think I'm at, I am not, I don't think young people should watch porn, um, but just understanding that when you, you know, I believe that knowledge is empowering. And if you've empowered your child with with factual, um, fact-based, evidence-based, correct information, uh, given them tips and tricks of things that work, you know, how to understand when someone is given consent, what, you know, what consent looks like, you know, that kind of thing, then they feel better. And when they feel better, they do better. And they make better choices. Yeah. Yeah. I talk a lot about that. Yeah. Um, uh,
0: that was one of the things that I was really struck by with your whole mission is, is talking about sex in order to have help kids to make good decisions, mm-hmm. and to grow up to be healthy in mm-hmm. with sex and in their, all their relationships. And a lot of that stems from how we see ourselves too. Absolutely. And, you're I, I really that's so powerful when you say it that way that we don't want our kids to be taught what sex looks like like from porn. Yes. That's the head is very powerful. So tell um tell our listeners what you know wh- what's happening out there with our kids being exposed to porn. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no fun. <laughs> no I know. Fun you know, and why is this happening? You know, like how
1: young, what's the, are there statistics yeah. around it? Yeah. So let's start with statistics and then, you know, I just want to take a deep breath. You could do that because this is not a fun conversation. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big breather, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so statistically what we know is the average age of first exposure is about nine. Now we don't know for sure. Because every seven-year-old that sees it isn't coming and saying, hey, mama, I just saw some, not a business. They're not doing that. So we think it's nine. Absolutely happens younger for sure. Uh, It happens accidentally. So I had a client whose daughter was, I think, seven. She Googled horses and made her way to porn. Mm -hmm. So if you're bored, Google horses, go to images, wait until you see a horse with an erect penis can't unsee things and then pretend, pretend you're nine, pretend you're seven. And where are you going to go? Right. Where are you going to go with that big penis? You're going to Google big penis, right? Yeah. You're gonna, right. You're going to like, imagine you're in that headspace. So it happens accidentally. They aren't seeking it out. They misspell something, you know, uh, you know, they want to say beep and they put boob or whatever. And then there you go. Um, so it's happening accidentally. Most kids, especially when they're in, er, you know, an early in or, you know, like in elementary school, kind of pre-puberty or barely into puberty, when they see it, they're like, oh, gross. I don't want to look at that. And they stop watching and they stop watching. They don't look at it anymore. Um, They don't, they tend, they don't necessarily seek it out again, but some kids it's like picking a scab. They yeah. go back mm-hmm. because it's, it is stimulating. It's, it is fascinating. It is weird. It's uncomfortable. It's so many things. And it can, some kids just get drawn into it and you don't know if your kid's going to be like that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You just don't know when kids are older and puberty is on the, you know, on the March uh, they see it and they're more likely to go back to it because it does give them more adult like sexual feelings. So it feels good. But again, scab picky because it's it's such a gross analogy. I should find another one. Um, But (laughs) But it's like, oh, this is uncomfortable. I don't like it. I can't stop looking because I feel like I get this good feeling. Um, and then they may use it. They may watch it more compulsively. Um, and then when we get into, you know, into high school, uh, those kids watch it pretty regularly. They, like I said, they use it as sex education. Uh, they talk about it. They share links with each other. So do middle schoolers. So they, are, you know, they share links. Yeah, to my things. daughter.
0: Yeah, told yeah. yeah. me
1: went over to a friend's house.
0: And her friend was like, you got to watch that. You got to see this. Have you ever seen this before? She just told me and she's 22. I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And
1: so, yeah. Anyway, it yeah. happened. Yeah. So then it, when they get into high school, they use it, you know, they use it for what it's made for. Um, and they also are, it's just part of their culture. And when you don't, um, we I mean, you don't have any, like, like sure. Some kids are really well sex educated. Some kids know that porn is not a good thing um, and they have a different relationship with it, but they still might use it. Um, and, you know, really when we're looking at tweens and teens, what's happening with the tweens and up until like from 10, 11, 10, 11, 12 into about 14, 15, they are, um, they share links. They're much more interested in it. It's fascinating. It's titillating. They, They, um, kind of like tease each other with it. They use it as a sort of a bullying tool. I I call that like sexual bullying, somebody are teasing. Um, one of my good friends, her daughter first, uh, they were playing best and worst at dinner time. It was the first week of middle school, best part of your day, worst part of your day. Everybody goes around and gets around to Arden worst part of her day. Oh, well, some kid showed me porn on his phone on the bus. And. It's that happens all the time. Yeah. It happens all the time. They don't have a, it's like, they don't have a filter. Mm -hmm. It just is, you know, I had another mom whose kid was really young and there's hanging out a little bit with some older boys and they were showing him porn on their mm, watt phones or iPad or something. And so he told her eventually, and then he'd maybe anyway, it just was complicated. And so they don't have any filter about it. And then the other big problem is that parents aren't talking about it. Yeah. yeah. They don't know what to do when they see it. You know, Arden, who had first day of, you know, first week of school on the school bus, she knew to say, dude, what the hell? No, thank Mm -hmm. you. Or my favorite line is, I think looking at porn is a solo activity. What's wrong with you? Like that, like this sassy, shamey, like what is wrong with you is such a good um such a good way to manage that you know and including like i'm thinking about you know you had girl your daughters and about i just did ask them if they had dick pics right yeah yeah right? get them get a dick pic and be like excuse me what the f is wrong with you right like yeah. no thank yeah. you i'm blocking you right yeah. all the yeah. yeah being able to
0: take care of yourself in a self-respecting way yeah exactly exactly exactly, yeah. exactly. Like what is wrong with you rather than them being like a deer in headlights, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which which I'm I'm imagining you see that a lot, which when you're you have somebody, you know, show you that you don't take care of yourself, it it can be a slow erosion too. Yes, of your self-esteem, feeling like you just have to, you know, the whole consent thing. So we're yeah. not gonna get yeah. into all that, but it's important. Right.
1: Have a yeah. voice. Yeah, have a voice. And the good news is. You're not going to be in person a whole lot of the time. It's going to be over text or DM or whatever. And that's a really safe place to say, you don't have to do a face-to-face. That is super hard, super hard. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. back to porn, back to porn. Um. Yeah. So that's kind of the trajectory of things for kids. The, this sort of, um, the uh, sweet spot, again, not the best way to describe it of the porn, um, initial looking at sharing, maybe getting, you know, hooked into is around 11 to 14, 15. Um, And again, not every kid, right? Not every kid is going to go down the rabbit hole, but, you know, you're really doing your kids a disservice if you're not, well, obviously not talking to them about sexuality, uh, but also not really being clear with them about, Hey, this is the stuff that you can see and it'll mess you up. It can really mess you up right? Gives you the wrong idea about all kinds of things. And, you know, I think especially for girls, you know, we always meet people who have vulvas in our culture, identify as women. We are so objectified and have so much pressure put on us. And it's worse now with the porn culture, with young people, because if that's what, you know, their partners expect them to look and act like, like that's a lot, that is a lot of pressure. Yes. And, you know, and not talking with our penis havers about how that, you know what, that is not real. And your expectation of your partner, if they're a girl or woman is, is unfair and it's not real. Um, you know, which circles back to giving them that foundation of what does healthy sexuality look like and figuring out for yourself, how do you want to have these conversations? What should they look like? You know, how do you want to, how do you want to talk about them? Um, you know, what are your values about sexuality and values are really just what you believe, right? when we say values, it's always so laden. We all have values and, you know, um, for me, that is the place to start. So if you're late to the sex talk conversation, and if you have not had a conversation with your child, honestly, by the time they're seven, you're late to the conversation. And if you're dealing with a tween, absolutely. If you have not started the conversations, you're late to the conversation. And I'm, most people don't know that, right? I mean, just, I just do want to, I mean, I know I don't want people to feel bad, but maybe you should feel a little bad. But if you didn't know this, that, you know, um, we think that But fifth grade is the time. Or when they ask us questions, that's the time. But it's not because, especially now, because if the average age of porn exposure is nine and your child does not know about healthy sexuality, then they're going to have this period of time where they're getting all the wrong information and they're not seeing you as their resource. That's the other reason to talk to them, right? You want them to see you as a resource. And the longer you wait, the harder that is, which isn't to say that it can't happen. Yeah. Isn't to say that it can't happen. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, um, you can start today, no matter where you're at. Yeah, you can absolutely start today. And, uh, so I just, um, I have a new book called sex talks with tweens, what to say and how to say it. And one of the biggest stumbling blocks for parents is what to actually say. What words do I use to explain what, you know, porn is or periods are, or, you know, the different kinds of sex or that kind of thing. And it's primarily scripts for parents to use with some sex talk and tips. Um, and I, it's that way on purpose because it's so hard for us to find the words and my words are not perfect. They're not yeah. perfect. Yeah. yes, yeah. it, yeah. Especially when we're so
0: charged or maybe we didn't have Like me, when I was preparing this, I'm like, you know, it's like, oh, talking about sex. It's just gonna be awkward, but it's so it's so good to be talking about Mm -hmm. it. You know, Mm because it's like there's freedom in that, but. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we don't. We didn't have it modeled for us. Maybe we
1: didn't. You know, we've got our own stuff right, right, right,
0: right. You you give the scripts, it's awesome.
1: Yeah, so I think that helps. It takes one level, like level of anxiety away because it is not cheating to say, All right, masturbation. Yeah, what I said and get those words out of your mouth. But just backing up the truck a bit, you know, if you need to start the conversations, no matter how old your kid, if your kid is over the older than 10, then it's really important that you apologize and say. I am really sorry. We haven't been talking about this. I didn't think you were ready. I didn't think I was ready. I'm uncomfortable. No one did this for me, but I know you need this information. I want you to feel better about who you are as a sexual person, have healthy relationships, make good decisions. So here we go. And you just boot the door open. You boot the door open. And I'm a super fan of books. So make sure you have books in your show or books are in your show notes, right? Books are in your show notes. Yeah. Come yeah show notes check, In show check, notes. check, check. <laughs> um and books are your friends uh, there are now safe websites with great videos for kids about sexuality um and once the doors kicked open you have permission to just start talking and and don't be afraid of the conversations and it is absolutely okay to do what you did you're like I'm really uncomfortable I feel really awkward just say that just yeah say
0: that. yeah that's a great and, and it it brings vulnerability to the conversation that we don't know what to say, but we're going to say it anyway and it won't be
1: perfect, but that's, we're having the conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And do-overs are fair, right? You have the masturbation conversation and you forget, oh man, I didn't say that, you know, people with clitorises masturbate. You got to go back to that, right? Or whatever you missed or that it's a safe sex practice, right? They, they, oh, sorry. And you just say, hey, by the way, remember we were talking about masturbation the other day, uh, I forgot to mention. <laughs> <laughs> and you need to You hear me. I'm being kind of silly, but it's like, hey, how's the weather going? Hey, how's your day? I'm talking about the weather, like really calm tone, which just practice that when you're talking about other stuff. So you kind of get it in your bones. Um, so you get, their, you get the ball rolling. If your kid is seventh, eighth grade, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, you don't need a screen. Just talk about all of it. You don't need to be careful. You don't need to pussyfoot around, you know, talking about oral sex. You don't need to pussyfoot around birth control. You don't need to pussyfoot around anything because porn, because porn, they chances are high they've seen it. Their friends are going to be talking about it. They're going to be talking with each other about how do you do sex? And they're going to be talking about anal sex. And they're going to think, okay, that's just where you start, right? Lots of kids think that, that that's just part of like getting it, getting it going. No, no, that is not the way we start ideally um you know especially with heterosexual couples right or even gay couples we just don't start there right yeah, yeah. that's not beginner that is not beginner and so if you're in there giving them all this information, then they're gonna have they're, you're trustworthy, really important, you're gonna be accurate. Really important, you're going to share your values. Like what I just said is a value, right? My value is that we do not start out our sex lives with, you know, anal sex. Sorry, everybody, time to breathe. Yeah, right. Yeah. We don't like in my that's not where we start. We start with hand holding and caressing and right and that yummy get warming up stuff. That's where we start, right? That's where we start. And, um, and then also. Oh, I just always have so much to say, and then also just talking about um, like with your partner. If your partner wants to do that stuff off the mark, then that's a red flag. Yeah, it's a red yeah. flag, right?
0: Yeah. Either I way, yeah. I think to like, is this something I want to be doing? Yes,
1: yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Knowing for yourself, am I comfortable with this? Being strong enough to say I don't want to do this. And then on the receiving end, like consent is a two-way street, right? You want your partner to say, yes, yes, I'm sure I want to do this. And any like, okay, that's not a yes. Drinking, drugging, anything, sleeping, tired, anything where they're like, okay, that is not a yes. You want full conscious. Yes, 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 yes and especially at the beginning of a relationship when you're getting to know each other as you get to know each other better then that that need for like Is that a yes, gets less because you get to know your partner but um yeah there's a lot and i think that uh this can be overwhelming and also remember if you i think about it if you had had this kind of frank open conversation from your trustworthy adult where would you be now
0: yeah Great. Well, probably had, yeah, a lot less, you know, just been, I think for me, I would have been much more in tune with myself and what I wanted mm-hmm. rather than, mm-hmm. you know, trying to get the attention of a boy
1: mm-hmm. in a
0: way, you know, that wasn't healthy for me. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, that's a biggie to have our kids listening to themselves mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. understanding, you know, yeah, just all of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I think, you know, for me too, sort of the same thing. I would have been more confident in myself, I think. And I also would have um had just healthier relationships because I would have like sooner thought, oh yeah, this isn't for me. Like this person isn't for me, but I'm just gonna hang in there because I have a boyfriend, right? Yeah. But if I didn't know that those were red flags in terms of a healthy relationship, or I didn't know that, you know, when your gut says this guy ain't right, straight, but like this guy ain't right, then all right, it ain't right. Or how do you kindly break up with someone? And how do you right? How do you navigate all that? And we don't have to be all things, right? We can't be all things, but we do have, we are capable, I believe every parent is capable of engaging in some kind of conversation some kind of conversation. Um,
0: well, on your website, you have so many good in your podcast, you off, you know, in your
1: book where you give those scripts that are so helpful. Yeah. I mean, I, I that's my, I mean, my whole goal, you kind of alluded to it, but my mission is to help every child grow up to be a whole healthy, happy adult. I mean, I need you. <laughs> I need you lovely listener to help me achieve my goal. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Right. I can't, I got the one under my, and he's no longer under my direct control, but I had one person under my direct control. And if we're not looking at, I mean, even thinking about this, just from a, um, just from a more of a, like a, I don't know, mission driven or social, I don't know, social services perspective. Just think of yourself as a parent. If you're the kind of parent who really is showing up for your child, talking openly about this, really honestly, talking openly about porn, your kid is telling, you know, their friends, oh my God, my mom wants to shut up about the porn or the sex. And then the friends are like, well, what did she say? And they're like, well, masturbation is a safe sex practice. Did you, what the hell is safe sex? Well, that's when you da da da. So your kid is being a little sex educator, right? That's happening, which is fine because they'll be accurate. But the other pieces, those kids will see you as a safe adult. And so if they are having an issue with a partner, they've been looking at too much porn, they're worried that they, you know, whatever, they have pubic hair, (laughs) you know, whatever, Um, right? and, or something really yucky is going on, they're going to be really likely to come to you because you've demonstrated that you're open to having these conversations and every child needs an adult. That's not their parent that they can come to you're safe. You're trustworthy. You'll get them help. You know, if there's an abuse situation, we always say, we'll get that other person help because the person is nearly always known to the child and the family. So, um, and really, um, you know, and letting them know, and, you know, I actually had an agreement with one of Milo's best friends, parents that we had an agreement, Bob and I, that, um, that Bob could talk to Milo about anything openly. And I could talk to his kids about anything openly because we trusted each other. And so that Milo knew if he had something going on, he could talk to Bob, you know, or me or Carrie, my spouse, but right. Yeah. Yeah. That one-off person it's a test drive. Like they might test drive with you. Hey, I'm thinking about having sex with my boyfriend. But if you say, say more, like, why do you think this is the right time? What's up? Pressure, yeah. Right. Um, that kind of thing. Then you're going to make them think and you're going to be trustworthy. And then if it's, you know, penis and vagina sex, it's off to the birth control department.
0: Yeah. 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 We can't have our head in the sand and the just saying no and the freaking out and don't do it. Uh, a lot of times with kids, they will, that'll just make them want to go a- and do it more. Oh, yeah. And because, oh, yeah. Not, and there's that
1: judgment and, um, yeah, yeah so and push their, their natural inclination at this age to just push back against mm-hmm. everything. And, and I know, you know, how, you know, nothing and your young adults in your life know everything <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like, Milo yeah. at 16. He's like, I know everything. I'm like, oh honey, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you just go ahead and think that. And I'll just listen to you. And then, in like, oftentimes he'd say, you know, he knew everything about whatever. And then we'd come back to the conversation and it turns out he did not know everything. And then maybe I knew something. <laughs>
0: okay, I knew something. Yeah. yeah exactly. Tell me
1: all, you know, they yeah. love that.
0: Yeah. yeah. They don't want to hear that,
1: but they know everything. So, you know, they got That's it awesome. all going on.
0: Yeah. So going back to the porn, what should parents do? I mean, cause I know they're like, oh, you know, I I'm scared this is happening. And what do I do?
1: So first of all, this okay. is something that is taking space, taking up headspace and anxiety space in your brain and your body and your heart you know it is, right? Of course it is. So the first thing you can do for yourself is this is all for you. It's for your kids too. But a big chunk of this is to help relieve your anxiety. So obviously I said this, you have to talk with them openly about sexuality. That's the first thing. It's protective. In terms of prevention, um, you need to use monitoring and filtering. Think about it like this. It's the seatbelt of the internet. And if you think about how we protect our children when they're in cars, right? Bucket, they're in a rear-facing car seat in a bucket for too long. Then they get switched around to a regular car seat forever. Then they have a booster until they're what, 19? And then they finally get to be in the back seat with just a seat belt. And then eventually they're in the front seat. And then they're in the driver's seat. You did not put them in the driver's seat. You didn't even put them in the front seat.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: until Mm -hmm. a whole lot of time has, has passed. So monitoring and filtering are the seatbelt of the internet. The internet is a place. It's not just porn. You can search how to kill yourself. I know. I know. Right. You can search how to sneak alcohol, alcohol. right? You can search how to self harm. You can search murder. You can search crime scene. You can search awful. Yeah. How to become anorexic. Nice. That sounds pleasant. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's terrible. Right. So monitoring and filtering are the seatbelt of the internet and they are required. Your child should not be able to get online on any device that they use without some kind of protection. And the problem with tweens and teens is that if you haven't done this yet and you're going to do it, they're going to push back. And so I am a believer in the um, parenting tool called bribing. And so you might need to do some bribing to let this happen. And then also, you you know, it's a privilege, not a right to have a phone or an iPad or even a computer. It's a privilege. It's a privilege. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the, the price of admittance is that you install monitoring and um, monitoring and filtering. So just really quickly, <clears throat> excuse me, um, the difference, the, the two things are this monitoring is watching. So you see where they go online, you see what t- apps they download, you can see what sites they're going to, you can see what they're up to online. Filtering is blocking terms, like all those nasty things we just talked to. And um the monitoring you do all the time. Families have different rules about the monitoring, you know, as long as up until 18 is my recommendation. Like once they turn 18, they're a legal adult. Good luck out there. Um, yeah. Right. Uh, the monitoring stays on. Your family, you got to figure out your family rules about that. The filtering is blocking. And so when they're really little, very, very everything's blocked. As they get older, you bump out the, you let, loosen the reins, you loosen the reins. And then by the time they're, you know, eighth grade, seventh, eighth grade, they should be able to go anywhere they want. But they know you're watching. So the mm-hmm. filtering is off. You're watching. And what happens is that they learn to flex that muscle of self control. We used, um, we had monitoring and filtering for Milo and one evening he was having an adolescent fit. (laughs) (laughs) Anybody relating out there. Yeah. Hello. About how everything sucked. Yes. Right. So he's this sucks and that sucks. And then he said, and I hate the monitoring. And I said, oh, yeah, why? I was all calm because I knew what he was doing. He was like, oh, yeah, why? And he's like, I hate it because I can only go to like three or five websites because I know you're watching. And I said, wow, that must be, that must be frustrating. And he said, yeah, it sucks. And he goes, storming off. And so I ran downstairs and I was like, Carrie, custodial's working because that's what we wanted, right? He was thinking before he searched because he knew we were watching. And as far as I know, he's been great. I only had like a couple of times where I was like, "Hey, porn is like, ah, no, not porn, but whatever." You know, of course, he's lived at porn. He's human, and yeah, kind of, anyway. yeah. Um, and so it's yeah, it's out there, right? It's 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 unavoidable. Anyway, so you want these in place because this is the about the only um, the only prevention you got. We're going to do preparation by talking with them. Um, You know, this is the only prevention. And so there are great products, links in the show notes. Um, Bark in particular is great. You you can install it on every single device and then you control it from an app and everybody's devices are on it. So you can control when they're able to be online and not online. It'll alert you when they've gone someplace they shouldn't. Um, And it works really, really well. It's pretty robust. And again, If your kid's 14 and you haven't done this yet, they're going to be pissed, but it's the price of admission and it's your fault. It's your fault. Yeah. yeah. Don't
0: Don't get mad at them that
1: they're mad about it. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's on you. It's totally on you. Um, And again, apologize and all of that. And the other thing is this, Um, when kids come to your house, it picks up their phones and you can set it so they can't get on the internet. Oh, So it's really cool. It's a really cool product. And, um, so there's lots of good about it. And the other thing that's good about it is that it's just this, it is really uncomfortable to have a parent say to you, Hey, your kid showed my kid porn at your, at your hike, you know, on their phone. Mm -hmm. This is not a good moment. And so, uh, if you, um, that, that, that's another reason, right? If you don't want that to happen, it's also really hard to say to another parent, Hey, my kid was at your house or your kid showed my kid porn, you know, let, you know, I just want to let you know, um, because it's, it's not okay. Cause you're putting other kids at risk because of your bubble of they, they would never or whatever. Um, so There's that. The other thing I recommend is when your child goes to somebody else's house, and this is easier when they're younger, but even, um, you know, in middle school, uh, just say like, hey, you know, what monitoring are you using? Not are you, but what are you using? Mm -hmm. because if you say, are you, they'll say, oh yeah, sure. And you don't know what they're doing. They could have like some little, some, some button pushed on the whatever. And they think that's protecting that the kids. And it's not. So when you say, what are you using? They'll say, I'm using bark. I'm using circle. I'm using custodio. I'm using Griffin. Um, and then you're like, excellent. You're good. You're good to go. Your kid's going to be safe there. Um, if they say, Oh, I'm using the Apple thing, I think, and I uh, the Apple one, the thing on the Apple, and then also on the um, Chrome, there's a thing, and that's not right. You want a confident, like, yeah, we got this, yeah, yeah, this. yeah. So,
0: so what if you ask that and they said, "I don't really have anything."
1: then you have to make a choice. Um, you can say, okay, great. Thanks for letting me know. Uh, I'd appreciate it if the kids were not actually online at all. I'm super, I'm just a freak show about porn exposure. And, you know, I heard about a kid that Googled how to be anorexic and just throw shit out there. Right. Um, I just like, and I'm just worries me. I know it's kind of kooky, but if they can figure out something else to do, I'd be really awesome. I'd really appreciate it. Um, yeah. And then this if your kids are younger, I, my rule. And I just told my Milo's parents, friends, I was like, Hey, I don't, you know, can they just not be online at all? Well, he yeah. mm-hmm. tell, right. What'd you do? Nothing. Right. Okay. I know you were, or, and the rule at our house was that they could not do any kind of movies, internet, anything until they'd been hanging out for at least three hours. Yeah. That's then a they good could do the one thing. Then they could do the one thing. What are you going to do? You're going to play Minecraft. Awesome. Get it, it. Yeah. Watch a movie. Yeah. Um, that's good yeah I know some people that have their kids put the devices in a
0: basket Mm -hmm. that's great yeah but then some kids will say well then I'm not going to have anybody come over to our house you know and then and then moms feel like they have to give in versus being able to do it in a in a more playful way I think it's. I think it's the judgment, don't you? It's if we come across as really judgmental, our kids are going to feel judged and they're going to not be as likely to want to have their friends over. But if you can do it in a more playful way Mm and say, hey, everybody, we're going to you know, put your phones here or staying off for three hours, it's a different kind of
1: energy. Right. And if you also have to be confirming your convictions, I was- nobody batted an eyelash. Like Milo wasn't allowed to play violent video games. And they, I was like, Nope, not happening, please. And they have no problem. And then he started getting ostracized from birthday parties because he couldn't play violent video games. And Carrie and I were like, all right, you can play them at other people's houses. Not right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but yeah, if you're, you have to be confident, you have to be confident. And then you have to say, Hey, yeah. Okay. People in the basket, this is how this rolls. You all get a, you know, A king size Snickers bar for your inconvenience, right? Like what, you know, something that makes it sort of a game, gamifies a little bit, makes it fun, Um, make your house, you know, as fun as it can be. Maybe there are other cool things that kids do there that they don't do anyplace else, you know? Um, You know, I, they forget how to, they've forgotten how to play. Like we had massive amounts of Legos, right? Like just get the Legos out and see what happens, turn on the music up to 12 and, you know, just find other things for them to do. And it's hard because they may not want to come over to your house, but if you always have the snacks and the cookies in the cookie jar and the bribes and the Right, like if you have fun there, if you have fun stuff to do there, then they're gonna be more likely to wanna engage because they, I think they're tired.
0: Yes, yes,
1: they're tired,
0: and they know what's good for them. They know Mm -hmm. it's good to be off of screens and just with each other, Mm -hmm. but they're just not used to it. Yeah, and they're used to being more on their devices, and so it's like they need some help. Yeah, they do. I like with porn. They need help not seeing it.
1: Yes. Otherwise, yes. they're going to. Yes. And get curious. Mm-hmm. Right. And making sense of it and that kind of thing. Um, one thing we did with Milo uh, is that we watched the entirety of that 70s show uh, throughout middle school. And I highly recommend there's so much that goes on and they don't have devices. And so they have all this kind of shenanigans and fun and they're teenagers, which is fine for the little people to see the teenagers. Um, And it was really good because we had a lot of different conversations. There's dating romance relationships happening, you know, the relationship between the families and yeah, it's a sitcom, but it was really good. It was a really good connecting time and it was good for him to see like, Oh, okay. Right. This is another way of yeah. being. Um, and they just sort of hang out and talk and, you know, I mean, I know, you know, from your kiddos that they do just hang out and talk, they aren't constantly on their phones, but they're pretty much on their phones while they're talking. Right. Yeah. So helping yeah. them to see another kind of another way I think is important and finding those, um, TV shows are a great way to have conversations about sexuality and relationships.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's a very good idea. How would you say, how would you, um, what would that look like for the moms that, you know, are listening so you're watching a show and what would you say? They see somebody dating
1: relationship. So you see, so in the moment you could say, if there's something that's an interaction between two people and it's a, it's a red flag and an unhealthy relationship in the moment, If you catch it, you can say, oh, that was not a good move. And just mention, oh, that was not okay. Just that. And then later say, hey, remember when we were watching and that thing happened? This is what was uncool about that. Just so you know that it's not okay for you to do that to somebody and it's not okay for someone to do that to you. So you can, or you don't say anything and you're like, okay, noted. And then later you say, Hey, remember we were watching and this, I saw this thing. Did you notice? What'd you think? You know, that kind of thing. Um, it's not cheating to plan. Mm. It's not cheating to plan. So if you have my book and you're leafing through and you're think, oh, I haven't talked about tampons with my son, right? I got to do that. Right. And so then okay, when am I gonna okay, we're going to okay, we're going to the drugstore. Okay. And then you have this moment. Um, and you're like, oh, hey, you know what? We never talked about this. You know how girls and women have periods and there's this thing called tampon, yada, 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 right? And they're so dumb and self-centered. They're not, they might be like, you're being weird. Why are you talking to me about this? And that's going to last about a nanosecond, right? They don't know that we're cheating. They don't know that you're scripted. They don't know that you have a checklist. <laughs> they don't know. They don't pay attention. They don't pay enough attention to us. And if they call you out and say, what the hell was that? And you just say, I just had to talk to you about that. I didn't know how to make it easy. So I just thought I'll just swing it. I'll wing it. <laughs> and <laughs> right. No harm, no foul. And then they're going to tell a story about how you were super weirdo and talked about tampons when, you know, whatever. Um, so
0: they're <laughs> yes. secretly glad
1: they will yes. never tell you that, that you are actually talking to them about it. Totally, totally, totally. And if you don't have a period, it is such a good thing to be, like, you know, like some pe- period people who don't have periods have like tampons and pads in their backpacks for their friends just in case, right? Isn't that the sweetest or just yeah, telling yeah. your, you know, if your boy hangs around with girls and, and one of them starts her period. And if they have a sweatshirt, like give the sweatshirt to tie around her waist, you know, like be that kind of person, um, for a, for a friend, right? So if you know if they're like, oh my god, my period started, and and your son is capable of saying, oh that sucks. Here, do you want my sweatshirt? Like you coached them, you coached.
0: Yeah, them. well, and it makes him more comfortable with that because if a boy hasn't heard about that, I'm sitting here going, oh, I never talked to my son about that. Oh well, right? But, <laughs> oh, but you know, he had two sisters, so he found out. I'm sure the yeah. the hard way. But anyway, you know. It'll make the your son very sensitive to that mm-hmm. because he knows what
1: it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and if he has, thoughtful. yeah. Right. And if if he's you know straight, his partners are going to bleed most likely. Yeah, they're very,
0: mm-hmm. very
1: high. Right, yeah. chances are very yeah. high. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that just also you know, just if you're parenting with someone or you have a good friend and you haven't started these conversations, talk about it. Talk about it. Have a conversation about what do you want to talk about. What's important to you? What are your values? What do you hope for your kids? Right. I think we said this at the top, or I've talked to a lot of people today. (laughs) Um, Right. I don't know what I said, but have a conversation. You don't have to have the sex talk with your kids. You can just start out talking to your partner or to your best friend if you're parenting on your own or whatever. And like, how do you want to approach this? What do you hope for your kids? And then that helps you clear the path. Right. Most of us don't want for our kids, what happened to us. Yeah. Great. Yeah.
0: Well, one thing that I'm struck um, by what you're saying is you have to really have the conversation first. Cause what I see parents do is rather than have the conversation they're trying to control. Yep. And so they're using the, all of the, you know, the bark, which is awesome. We recommend bark too. But they're trying to massively monitor things without having the conversation. And so then it feels like punishment, it feels punitive, it feels judgmental. It's like, and they tend to rebel against that versus coming alongside of them. And they know, like you said, that you're safe, that you're for them, that you're, you know, you're for them. You're not trying to like, punch them and control them. It's, it's, yeah. So I really like like to be talking, not just trying to
1: control. It'll feel very different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you use the same communication style that you use with your friends, that works a lot better too. You're not abdicating your throne as their parent, but if your communication style is more along the lines of, "Hey, what's going on with a like like my friend's uh, older brother just had a cancer diagnosis and
0: mm. a bunch of
1: surgeries." And so I was like, Hey, what's up with your brother? Genuine concern and curiosity, right? So genuine concern and curiosity, as opposed to me me saying, what is up with your brother? What's up with your brother? Right? What's up with your friends? right? Who wants to talk about it? Yeah. Yeah. Sort of, Hey, what's up with your friends? What's going on? What are you thinking about this? How'd you know, how'd school go today? What's going on in your math class? You know, just like, they try to, especially with adolescents, you try to change your tone, try to change your tone Yes. and practice on the easy stuff. They get in the car. Well, actually one, I'm sure you talk about this as you never say when they come home from school, from work, okay. get in the car, practice. You never ask, never ask them a question. Just say, Hey, yes. it's good to see you. And shut yeah It's so hard. It's so I hard. No,
0: it is. It's, it's just so let magic. them get their snack and go off and chill out. And
1: yeah, you're exactly. like, oh,
0: it's, it's, you know, go hide out under the bed and then they'll come out.
1: Exactly. It's so hard to do that. But um, but then when you do inquire, right? Genuine curiosity, not uh, we always have an agenda, right? How's math? We're really wondering, have you done your F in homework? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. How's math? What's assess your homework? Um, you know, that kind of anyway. So practice with things that are not hard on you. Like the sex talk stuff is going to be harder on you. So practice with how's your game? What's going on? Practice your tone, mind your uh, Mind your judger. Like you yeah, said. yeah. Mind, Mind your, judger. your judger. Exactly. Mind your judger. Let's make a t-shirt. Mind your judger. <laughs> yeah. like, that
0: would be a good one for moms of tweens and teens. Yes, I think it would.
1: We got a t-shirt there. Yeah, there you go. You can have it. Mind your judger. Yeah. <laughs> and only we will know what it means. We have it on a bracelet so we can just look at it, you right. know, Remind ourselves. Right. Actually on an elastic one. So you, your, you can like, oh, damn, I didn't mind my judger. Snap. <laughs> <laughs> well, as for getting ready to close, what are some
0: things that um, if your kid has seen porn, what would you say to say them? Like when you think about saying, I mean, you've covered it a little bit, but how should they explain
1: why porn is not good? How can you explain why porn is not a good thing for them? That's a really great question. If if your child is exposed, um, the first things that when you find out is you need to they are they are not in trouble. That's the very first thing, and you need to say, "I'm super sorry this happened." You are not in trouble because all number of reasons. You want them to be connected to you because it can be traumatizing. How are you feeling? What do you think about what you saw? Do you have any questions? And calm, 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 right? And see what they do. Um, you are going to need to, if you figure out they've been watching a lot for a long time, probably going to need some therapy because not good. Um, and then um, find out, kind of determine how much they've seen. They don't always tell the truth. Um, so you might say, I've seen this before, where, when, how much, how often have you seen it? How often have you looked at it? See what they say. You're just doing this info gather. Um, and then say, you know, uh, it's this, this is grown up stuff. This is adult stuff. It's adult, it's for, made for adults. You know, obviously, it's people having sex and sex is not for kids. Your heart, your mind, your body are not ready to see something like that, to have sex. And, you know, I'm, again, I'm really sorry that you saw that. You know, just so you know, when real people have sex, it looks nothing like that. And that whole thing about their bodies, right. They don't make those noises. They don't do those things. It's not, you know, two women and a goat, you know, it's not that it's usually more tender, intimate, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then, and then, you know, and then you just, that's about all you can say. And then you could say, Hey, you know what? I'm going to get you some books about healthy sexuality. Again, I'm really sorry. This happened to you. We're going to need to talk about sex more now, just so you're, we should have been talking about it more just so you really understand this. So again, any questions at all, let me know. You can text me. You can write me a note. I just want you to feel okay about this. So yeah. that's a pretty clean thing. Um, simple, right. You're not using a lot of words and, and then say, you know, it's really normal to feel really weird and gross after seeing this, there's nothing wrong with you. And you can say, you know, your friends probably watch it and they don't seem like they don't have any problem with it. They probably do. And are pretending they don't like, this is really not kids stuff. Well, and, and it's, it's confusing
0: because they feel those sexual good feelings, but at the same right. time it feels gross. So then they get, they have shame around it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah yeah. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Acknowledging that too. It's like, yeah, I can give you some good sexual feelings, but also it's not okay for you to get sexual feelings from something that is so grown up. It's yeah. for mm-hmm. you, right? You're not ready for that. And again, it's normal to have sexual feelings. There are safer ways for you to have those sexual feelings. We do not need to talk about that right now. Um, right. <laughs> right. And then keep it short and sweet. Um, watch their behavior. If they've been watching a lot, then they're probably going to need some therapy. Um, if you suspect your child is watching porn, uh, if they're sneaking phone, if they are um, like being online when they shouldn't, then it's probably a problem. Okay. Any number of problems. But uh, these days I just go straight to porn because I would. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, that is very helpful. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah putting out into the world and helping us with like such, there's so much to talk about around this. I mean, it's just, gosh, there's just a lot. I mean, you can come back and talk about dating, talk about, you know, having the sex talk, talk about consent, you know, just so many things. And um, we need so much support around this. Mm. Yes. Thank you. Thank yeah. you.
1: Thank you for trusting me with your people. I know this is a challenging one, right? Like you you don't know me very well. You just listen, listen to my podcast. And you know, we were just having a funny con- conversation about I was on podcast and the woman was not sane. <laughs> so, <laughs> right? so he was not sane. It was weird. Um, but yeah, thank you for trusting me with your people. And you know, I just want to say too that. Rome wasn't built in a day. Pick something that feels doable. You know, I like to give a little homework. Um, so there's a bunch of stuff in the show notes. Go look at one thing. Go look at bark. Yeah. Just look at bark. Bark is very good customer service.
0: They can really help you. I think parents get um overwhelmed thinking it's going to be really difficult. But Mm -hmm. they're very
1: helpful. Yeah. So pick one little, go look at a book. Go look at bark. Go look at my website go buy my book, right? Do one little thing, one, just one, just one. And then make a little plan about what your next steps are going to be. And you'll feel better.
0: Yeah. It is when we're intentional, when we're proactive, like your book, getting the scripts, like to know, okay, these are the things that I can talk about and how to weave them in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It it makes it a lot, a lot easier. And once you get going, you can keep going and they may hate it in the moment. Who cares? Welcome to life in the long run. They will. Thank you. They will. Thank you. Yep. They're not going to like it, especially tweens and teens.
0: Oh mom, stop being gross, but still talk about it. Absolutely. I Absolutely. It's it's awkward. I feel awkward talking about it too. <laughs> you know? <It's> true, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much and tell
1: them where to find you. So my website is birds and bees and and you can find all my books and other stuff there. And my, if you're your podcast listener, so go check out my podcast. It's called just say this it's Q and a style. So people call or email me, um, questions and I answer them on the show. Um, I love advice columns. So my show is an advice column.
0: Yeah. It's great too, because they're short.
1: They're like little, you call it something. I forget. Like I have chirps. So, so chirps, yeah. I have full episodes where I'll do probably three average of three questions and they're all, it's a hodgepodge preschooler, you know, tweener, teenager, personal question about a parent, like their own business. Um, so it's a total hodgepodge. Um, sometimes I have themes cause we just had the, the penis show. It yeah. <laughs> it's a penis show. Um, <laughs> And uh, and then in between every other week, I have a chirp, which is just a script, which is just a script. Like I just did one. I don't know when the show's come, this is coming out, but I have one on. I just did one on abstinence. I just what's abstinence? How do you talk about it? That's all. It's it out.
0: Is. It's out because I listened. Yeah, it
1: was. Yeah, that was actually today. It came out today. Yeah. Oh, um, good. Yeah, I guess I was listening. Yeah. So, um, and yeah, so those are the, yeah. I like podcast to podcast, right? That's where you're doing this already. Um, and then occasionally have guest stars, occasionally have guest stars. So that's also fun for me. They come on and they answer questions with me. They do, they talk about their expertise. Um, and then they answer questions with me. So that's my, that's my podcast.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So Amy, tell them the name of your book again, and when is it coming out?
1: It should be out in April. It should be out in April. So Um, so it is called sex talks with tweens, what to say and how to say it.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, we'll be sharing it all. Thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: My pleasure. It's great to see you and great conversation. Thank you.
0: Well, that's it for today. And thank you, friend, for joining me. And if you can take a moment and leave a review, if you're appreciating and finding this podcast helpful, I want to be here and be a support to moms, caregivers, parents, grandparents, whoever is involved in a tween or teen's life. We need to know we're not alone and to have those resources available to us. And that is what I am here to do, to spread the love and for you to know that there's a community here and this is somewhere that you can go and just know that you're not alone and to get that support you need. I just also want you to know that I do a Facebook live every Wednesday on the Moms of Tweens and Teens Facebook page. And so if you have any questions, that's the time that I specifically answer them. So you can email me if you have any questions at Cheryl at momsoftweensandteens.com and just put in the subject line for Wednesday's Facebook live call. And I would be more than happy to answer it. So thank you so much for joining me. Have a great week and I will see you back here next time.